Dude, so did I tell you? I think I told you in passing I'm going to be in LA around your birthday. Yes. February. February? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, maybe maybe that could even coincide with recording the finale. Wow. Because also I, I was looking on Netflix. There are for Netflix has listed four more episodes, but that's that's really like seven more. Yeah, because of the two parters. Yeah. So the next episode is a two parter and then the final episode is a four parter. Mm. I'm thinking that we combine the two parter episodes because it's really like one story. Okay. The four parter though, I don't know how to break it up because we're really gonna wanna just Yeah <laughs> finish the series. Yeah. So I'm thinking we do two and two. I'll defer to you. I, for what it's worth, the two-parter that we had before, I thought it made a lot of sense to have it as a two-parter. Okay. But I'll defer to you. Okay. Maybe maybe the Q&A for this episode can be, <laughs> should we break it up or not? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, 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 but I'll defer to you. I'll defer to you. Okay. I'm going to go back through and look through. I don't remember specifically like what happens in each part because usually when i get to this point yeah is i'll just watch the last four episodes i just watch it all because it's how many times have you seen the finale i think i've seen it a few times like two or three times wow not that many but what that's still significant really that's still significant <laughs> i really like this show uh i think with the first time i watched it i went back and watched it again yeah a few days later the finale <laughs> so or good. the whole series no, the, the just the finale because it was so good. Oh yeah, dude, I I don't like to make my decision on you know like the internet meme tier or not the meme tier like the like the the tier S, list the, the tier list like the mm-hmm. S A B C. I don't mm-hmm. place shows on my personal tier list until I see the whole thing or until it's finished, yeah. which is why One Piece is like my favorite anime. But like I don't I don't even think like is One Piece the best anime conversations can really be had until one piece is over. Okay. So yeah, this, this, I get so, that. so this show show, I don't want to say anything yet, but it's like quickly becoming, it's nearing the end. And I'm like, Holy fuck. This is one of my favorite shows. I think. Aren't you already feeling that desire of like, yeah. ah, what's going to be like on a rewatch kind of thing. Cause this yeah, is an yeah. easy one to just, to just uh, jam yeah. through. And I think in this age of binging, I think like this has been such a rare treat in that. Like I've had, I've gotten to live two years with these characters in mm. different parts of my life. So I think like reflecting on season one will help me reflect on where we were like in COVID. Yeah. Oh man. I forgot all about that. It blows my mind that like when we started this podcast, I was in Oakland, California, like yeah. in the midst of like, as the, as COVID was starting. Was that, yeah, that this was kind of a response to COVID at first. Was it? Uh, I think you would have kind of wanted we had the to, idea yeah, beforehand, yeah. but it just, it was honestly, it was super serendipitous mm-hmm. and it was so low stakes, low pressure, which is why like, yeah. I think we've kind of kept it going. Um, there are two things that I stuck with. People had their COVID hobby. Yeah. And the one was this podcast. Yeah. The second was baking sourdough. Yeah. yeah <laughs> ba- baking sourdough. Dude, I feel like you're probably the sole human left. <laughs> that's still doing I'm it. still spread I'm still giving my my starter to people oh you're I had my some neighbors moved in and they said they're interested East? yes many nice. years old at this point wow but I, yeah I have a I have a loaf in the freezer right now dude I like bread but I can't do bread that that well I get brain fog like you can't make it no I not eat it you can't eat it I'm a rice boy I guess it's the Asian in me uh-huh. like I could eat rice every meal and I kind of do Every like pretty much every other meal I eat rice, but like mm. bread like gives me brain brain fog basically. Well, 
answer this kfm <laughs> bread pasta or bread noodles rice Oh, okay. And noodles you, is inclusive of pasta. Okay, okay. If it was just pasta, I like. I'm actually also like meh on pasta. Okay, I get it. I get yeah, that. Yeah, dude. Easy. Marry rice. Kill bread. Fuck noodles. Easy. Okay. Not kill even bread. Okay. Yeah, kill bread. Because for me, it's it's easily marry bread. Wow. I love bread. I mean, I get it. I get it. Like fuck rice versus fuck noodles is a different difficult one because yeah, I think yeah. the best noodle is better than the best rice. Yeah, I mean, to me, rice is such a Mary. It's a simple. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like you can be relatively healthy with it. You can have it for every meal. It's a good staple. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. But yeah, like noodles, obviously, noodles are more of a fuck for me. Like because yeah, like a spicy pad thai all the way Ooh, to like yeah. a beef noodle soup to or like a, a fettuccine. A, you know, yeah, that's like a seafood creamy pasta yeah. or a ramen. Yeah. So good. Yeah, which is which is why to me noodle is the obvious fuck, but like if you were For marrying everybody. bread, like which I I don't get me wrong, I re- I get it, I respect it. It just my body doesn't respond that way to bread. Okay. Is it gluten? I think it might be the gluten. I don't want to self-diagnose, okay. but like I'm not like, you know, celiac or like allergic per yeah. se, but I I do think like my body just has trouble processing it. Okay. What I would recommend yeah. To many, because uh, I know a lot of people like this. They're like, oh, yeah. recently I just haven't been kind of turned off by bread. Yeah. It's like, what kind of bread is giving you that feeling? Is it like, just give me an example. Mm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, what, what's the phrase? I'm kind of telling on myself. What is the, what is, yeah. Or whatever. But I, I I'm not sure. Usually when I eat bagels, and obviously that's right. like, you know, I'm eating like a whole loaf of bread there. So that's probably <laughs> a, has to something to do with it. But I would say, yeah, if I eat like a slice of like Dave's whatever or like Wonder yeah. Bread, like it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I eat like I'm at a restaurant and I eat like like a sourdough or like eh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think most breads, to be honest. Really? Okay. Yeah. When I eat like a sandwich, like a BLT or a PBNJ, I'm, I'm generally fine. But if I eat like a, a sub. Yeah. Or like I'm at a restaurant and I downed like a decent amount with delicious olive oil. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, then I feel it. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah. usually what I find when people say this is that they're having highly processed bread mm. that is lacking in nutrition and mm. you feel worse. I mean, obviously, if you go to like Subway, yeah. eat that bread, that you feel way worse eating that than eating a whole baguette that was a whole wheat baguette. And I, th- huh. I think a lot, a lot of it is that is exactly that is like people are eating shitty breads and they feel shitty. Yeah. Because it's shitty bread. But you know those memes? Have you ever seen those videos? They're like, how come I avoid bread so much in the United States, but then when I go to Europe and I have French bread, I have it pizza, pasta for every meal, and I feel amazing. Yeah. I think it's just the ingredients they're using, what they're putting in it is better. Yeah. And so people feel better when they eat it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have this big freshman bogus thesis. (laughs) No, I have this big thesis around like, there's a reason that the American economy is so powerful, but one mm. of it is that I think a consumerist culture in America has thwarted like caring for the consumer, basically caring mm-hmm. for the people. And I think like 
in Korea or in Europe, if you try to cut margins and make profits so much to the point that like you're making bread that shitty, consumers just won't eat it. Yeah. But in America, it's like people eat Wonder Bread and drink two liters of Coke yeah. for dinner. Yeah. And- a lot of places in America don't have a strong culinary, I don't know, tradition. Yeah. Like they haven't developed that. There's certainly places that absolutely the case. Like, yeah. You know, in New York, there's yeah. there's so many places that like they invented dishes. They have a history of like immigrants coming. They invented a dish here. Now it's nationwide. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of other places uh, in the South. Dude, New Orleans. Ugh, the food in New Orleans. Dude, so I've been good. meaning to go. I've never been. You've never been? No. Dude, you would love. I think you would really like New Orleans. I've never been during like Mardi Gras. Like I didn't go for that. But like if you like yeah, live music that. and jazz, mm-hmm. I also love seafood. Oh, me too. And generally yeah. like. The best cuisines come from histories of like struggle, you know, because <laughs> I think that's kind of an American. I mean, I think you're you're right, but I, certainly in America. Yes, it okay, comes from sure. immigrants who are struggling yeah. and they like, all right, we, we have to make do with these ingredients. Like po' boys are literally like poor boys. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying like a lot of the ing- like seaweed. Yeah. A lot of dank ethnic foods weren't you know invented for royalty it was invented because yeah. they needed to use Agreed. like scrappy ingredients and make them taste good that's what i mean i believe in that philosophy so much like whenever i'm cooking and nikki really made me this way because yeah. i'm someone who likes to follow recipes yeah yeah when the first time i make something and then yeah. after that i'll i'll mix it up a bit yeah, yeah, yeah and then it happens all the time when i'm baking or i'm cooking and it's like we you're halfway through and you get to a part and it says add this and then you look and you don't have it. And you're like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was David Chang who is really trying to push the idea of just use what you have available. And so if you don't have that, just find something else that tastes maybe somewhat close or maybe it's different. And then yeah. now it's something different. It's something yeah. new. And especially like, as you were saying for po' boys, people had limited ingredients. Yeah. So many great dishes only have a couple ingredients, but yeah. they, they made something so new with that. And that's, yeah. that's why I love cooking, man. Yeah, I've been getting into cooking a lot. I think like yeah. cooking and woodworking are two things that I have in mind for woodworking. Yeah, like down the road. Like I think Sick. late thirties, I'll really get into it. But for now, once you have your garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly mm-hmm. in LA. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We have a theme song, and it goes like this. <laughs> And we heard that theme song in this episode. Dude, blew my mind. I had chills. <laughs> I had chills. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Avatar The First Viewing. This is the podcast where a first-time watcher of the show, Avatar The Last Airbender, goes through and watches the entire series from start to finish alongside an Avatar expert. I'm your Avatar expert, Eli. And I am your firebending master. I, I am your Avatar Not newbie. Quite. <laughs> I am your avatar newbie. My name is Peter. And today, season three, episode 13, The Firebending Masters. Yeah. Aang learns how to fire. Uh, I'm, I'm getting into the fucking newbie recap, but let's <laughs> let's hear overall thoughts. What are your thoughts on this episode? I really liked it. It punched above its weight. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like, in a lot of ways, it felt like a season one-ish kind of episode. It felt lighter. I think there was a lot at stake here, but it feels very casual too casual for me in too many ways. There's some writing mm. weaknesses, but overall the themes and how they're playing Zuko post him, like really uh, going towards his destiny. I, I've just, I just really like it. Mm. 
This is the episode for me that I think take it from like an A show to like an S tier show for me. Mm-hmm. Not this episode alone, but something about this episode made me realize it in in kind of how they're going to thematically play out the rest of Zuko. Yeah. And what they're saying about, I think, firebending, spiritually speaking. I think, I think yes. this is the element that I struggle with the most as well within me. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I love that it's kind of the one that they're tackling now. Every episode where they delve into what is the meaning of this element, I really yeah. like. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they explain the importance of it. It's more than what we've seen so far. You're absolutely right. That's what makes you realize like, okay, this show, it does more than what was asked for it. You know, it's yeah. not just flame comes out of you. It has, has a, a meaning to it. Let's go into the newbie recap. Yep, yep. Okay, newbie recap time. So the end gang is still chilling at the Western Air Temple area. And Zuko starts trying to teach Aang firebending, except those are yeah with fire fart noises. He barely is able to firebend at all. He gets frustrated, and they're contemplating why this might be the case. He thinks maybe it's because I switched sides. Like, I don't know what it could be. So... And I, this part was actually really cool. Toph has the idea of going back to the original source. For her, it was the sand shrews or the sand moles or sand voles or whatever. The badger moles. Badger moles. Uh, for Ang, it was the sky bisons. I'd be curious about waterbending. They don't mention it, but. They did. It's oh, they the did? moon. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah. But it's. No, no, no. It's not. It well, they didn't from- mention it, not in this episode, but they did say in season one yeah. that the moon was what taught people because it was pushing and pulling the tides. But it, there's no animal equivalent because 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 uh, firebending the, is the dragons, but it's also the sun. You know what I mean? Yes, and that's true. That that's it's the source is the yeah. moon, but it's all, that was also their teacher. So that's the unique part about oh, I about see. waterbending because there was the two fish as well. That's true. That and they represented the moon and the tides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of in one, and that that I think makes the most sense because like you could see that happening just yeah, by yeah, going yeah. to the beach. You can see the moon. Okay, I thought there was the going to be some like. Pulling serpent eel that or like some polar <laughs> no, bear no, we, it's we've already seen it like, okay, so now okay, we have okay. the explanation for the origin of all the um bending all right fine but i really yeah. did like the origin of firebending which is the sun warrior the long extinct sun warrior tribe uh that learned from dragons so they go to the ancient ruins where those people lived which is not too far away conveniently yep and they're going through this dungeon to try and figure something out very, very uh, indiana, indiana jones, jones. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Jinx. mesoamerican um, sort of thing yep golden literal golden, golden egg, on, egg a on a pedestal platform. they get stuck in some glue and then lo and behold the sun warrior people aren't extinct and they come and get them and say like fine if you really are prince zuko of the fire nation whatever and the avatar then like you must do this trial and then meet our firebending masters and they will be the judge of whether you are worthy or not. Mm. So they do this ritual where they have to like Olympics, like carry the original fire in their palm to the top of the mountain peak where the fire masters will judge them. Turns out the firemen vendors are two dragons, which Zuko thought was extinct and funnily enough, taken out by Iroh back in the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, they do this little sun warrior dance that they picked up in the Indiana Jones temple. The dragons like shower them with like a rainbow fire cave thing. And then Zuko's like, I understand. 
Yeah. <laughs> I see now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they can... Yeah, this part I didn't quite like, but they but they basically like kind of hand wavy figure it out, and then they go back and they can fire bent now, and that's about it. I think we need to dig into a little bit of like the thematics behind it, but plot wise, yeah. recounting the actions of what happened, that is the newbie recap. Any predictions based off of this? So we have at the end, yeah, Zuko and Aang have this sort of tie ribbon on it moment where they're fire bending, and they yeah. said like. Oh, nothing can stop us now. Look how powerful we are. And that's what you talked about last episode is you said, oh, well, Aang will be kind of once he masters all the elements, he'll be sort of all powerful. And he did say something like that. So is there anything, any predictions based off of that? Anything to note on Zuko's changes during this episode? Any predictions we can come up with? Yeah, a few things come to mind for me. I think one is like, this is more of a hope than a prediction, but I hope they spend at least another episode making Ang earn firebending more. Because mm-hmm. this one felt more like a Zuko kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like Ang really needs to like have a training montage type thing just to be like, oh, I burned myself. Oh, I can't get it to work. Some like, aha, that isn't just, it doesn't feel super earned. I didn't love that. They just looked mm. at some rainbow fireworks from dragons yeah. and like they can firebend now. Um, mm. So they, I, I hope they do a little bit more training and like struggle around it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the next episode or, but maybe the one after or something like that. I think Aang needs to train more is somewhat of a prediction. I want to explicitly say, I don't think they're going to bring the dragons back just because it's a little bit OP. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just going to put my foot down there for now. And then um, Zuko, a big realization for Zuko was that for so long, I mean, this is kind of the way that they tie up the ending is that like, oh, Zuko realizes for so long finding the Avatar was his drive, which is why he could actually firebend like very powerfully. But now that he no longer has that drive, he needs to like build conviction into his new drive, which is teaching the Avatar and bringing peace back to the world. Mm -hmm. And this is the part where I resonate so fully. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to do so fucking much. I used to be like a hyper productive, like bold adventuring guy. But like, I feel like for the last few years, I've kind of like been firebending puffy smoke out of my hands instead of like actual mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. And I really resonate nowadays with like not having enough purpose. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm purposeless. Sometimes I try to rely on past purposes that like no longer serve me and I no longer like it doesn't motivate me to like try and make a lot of money anymore or yeah. try try yeah. to like have a sexy career anymore because I tried that and I was miserable just like when Zuko was invited to the the battle yeah. room mm-hmm. I'm kind of going off on a tangent but no 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 continue yeah it's very uh I guess like uh, prediction wise I don't know if that leads into a prediction per se other than I just predict that like Zuko is gonna I think the last episodes are where the lady fans of this show really fall in love with Zuko. Mm-hmm. I started seeing it from last episode where he's being super super earnest, like really cute, <laughs> really bad at being like kind and good and awkward, but like super genuine. Yeah. Being very like brave and courageous, albeit like very awkward. And I think he'll continue to do that. Like just continue to be like a good ass guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much of a prediction. I don't know. Anything else there you want to tease out? No, no, I, I like that. I, I want to tease out more about yeah. you're saying your Zuko journey. Yeah. You're talking about, because to me, that was my, that's my favorite part of the episode. If, yeah. if we're going to jump right into that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. My favorite part of the episode is 
what we talked about in the beginning. Thematically, this episode having greater than we need to learn firebending. I like that they had throughout every episode, they have another step in Zuko's journey. And every every step that he takes, I think, feels more and more earned. Um, where he said it before, he did declare his his intentions to the Fire Lord. He says, like, I'm going to switch sides. I'm going to go help the Avatar. Yeah. Part of me, when you, when you watch that, it's like, it's very earnest. Part of me also believes, like, he doesn't fully understand what that means. Mm. And I feel like this episode, I really like as a viewer, because he has to reckon with these big choices that he makes. Yeah. It's not something that's just an immediate satisfaction that he can have. Yeah. I really like the plot of this episode for Zuko. Again, with his earnestness at the end, realizing what his destiny is. Every episode he has something like that, but yeah, um, that's what I really like. Yeah, I mean, I resonate, man. I mean, I think this is cl- that's clearly like the strongest part of this episode. You see him softening, but then you see him also like strengthening at the same time. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. It's kind of like the way like the warrior in the garden, the way that Iroh is, mm-hmm. but like he's got to find his own path, right? And I feel like. I feel like a big part of my like Wall Street to entrepreneurship to like right now what I'm trying to do with like content is this like I used to be so obsessed with like career success just like Zuko was with like Fire Nation Honor Mm. and like I was clearly like spending more than I had like I was it was life and death for me almost you know like the amount of work I did even after Wall Street but then afterwards like I feel like I was almost like way too passive and way too soft mm-hmm. and like in my gut i knew that like it's too early for me to be a hero yeah it, it wouldn't make sense if zuko was like it's bad to be this intense and angry and like obsessed with like worldly things like i'm just gonna be iro drink tea and not do anything with the rest of my life yeah that wouldn't make sense like he still has a destiny yeah to live out and i think that resonates a lot with me where like i knew that the purpose I had was is no longer the answer. Mm-hmm. And for a while, but the answer isn't to just not have purpose. Yeah. And I think like now I'm kind of re-understanding what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, I want to be an entrepreneur and make a lot of money. It's more grounded in like, hey, I really struggled with like being an immigrant and learning financial literacy. And mm-hmm. I know I'm very lucky to have access to these careers and these jobs. Like I want to share that with other people that were in like a similar position. Like, for example, that yeah. is a lot more, there's something a lot more uh, intrinsically motivating and fulf- there's more of a fire there for me than like, yeah, I want to be a sexy ass influencer and have a million views right. and make money. Like, obviously that that's a part of my ego and like my drive too. What you're saying about Zuko kind of like reconciling with like what all that means. I think like the way I feel mm-hmm. that is like, there was me like, committing to like i'm gonna be an entrepreneur especially back when we started the podcast when i was doing it for the first time like but i didn't really know what it meant but now i'm kind of like really coming to grips with that means i'm gonna be humbled and like people aren't gonna get what i'm trying to do it means i'm gonna be lonelier it means i'm gonna i'm gonna have to build better habits like i have to be thrifty because i actually just can't buy whatever i want on amazon yeah i have to scrimp like i have to meal prep Mm. I can't go out freely with my friends that are still making six figures. Yeah. And that is okay. I was kind of in denial of all these things. Yeah. It means like my girlfriend's parents are going to kind of raise an eyebrow at like, wait, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Like it means my relatives are going to be like, huh? Yeah. But I think coming to grips with that is kind of how I feel like towards the end of the last half of this year. And I feel like that's where Zuko is too. It's such an important step though. Doing, doing all that. Like, 
I experienced a lot of the same thing when I, I wasn't even that far into my career. I was in like two years into a, me- a career in like media agencies. And that's when I had yeah. to really say to myself, I don't want to do this. I don't like doing this. It feels purposeless. But I, yeah. and I, there's, there's different drives. There's different interests that I have that I need to pursue. And that means a big step down. Yeah. And humbling yourself greatly. Yeah. It's so much more than like, as you were saying, it's so much more than just yourself. I don't have money being worried and not sure what's next. It's also that social yeah. pressure of people yeah. saying, what are you doing? Yeah. Having to caveat for people like, oh, just right, right now I'm blank. But people yeah. know like, oh, that's not what they want. They're working towards something yeah. else. But it was very necessary for me and for you to go through that. Yeah. And Zuko talks about it last episode where he's like, I realized I, I had to go through that yeah. to get to where I am now. Yeah. And I think like, just this morning, I was thinking about it while I was working out at the gym. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dork thinking about Avatar working out at the gym. But I, there was a there was a pang of me being like, "Dang, I I I feel really good about like pumping out YouTube videos, pumping out podcasts, pumping out TikToks in the next year." But like, what did I do this year? Like, why was I so paralyzed? And then I started to like, kind of feel like worthless and give myself shit for like kind of feeling sorry for myself and not taking action. And then Zuko's words kind of came into my mind of like, I think you needed to like go through this to get to this place of like building strong conviction within. Mm -hmm. You must look within yourself to find yourself. Zuko. (laughs) Any other favorite parts in this episode? I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of the season and the series. So that really stands out, even though as an episode, I think it's like slightly weaker. Yeah. Agreed. Thematically, it's so good. I thought uh, the stuff around like the elements, the Toph's mm-hmm. little mono- monologue about the badger moles was really good. Yes. She paints a little bit more color. She was she got lost when she was a kid in a cave mm-hmm. and they bonded on being blind together and how they saw mm-hmm. earthbending as a way to interact with the world around them instead of just a martial art, like a fighting thing, which is partially why she's such a good earthbender. I, I just thought that was brilliant. Yes. Absolutely. Me too. Because at this point, they haven't, they kind of explain it, why she's so powerful. It's like, oh, her blindness is actually an advantage because she relies on earthbending. She sees through earthbending. But like why you implicitly get that. But this paints a very specific picture because she also, her form is also different from other people. Yeah. Other earthbenders. It's like, how come she bends this way? It's because she learned from the source and that, and I thought it like when she speaks up, it just makes so much sense of like, who here is the most qualified to talk about how to really learn an element? Yeah. Because she really mastered this, not on her own, but in this sort of like naturalistic from yeah. from uh, from nature way, yeah. in a way that Katara didn't. Because Katara, Katara learned it through experience. She had teachers. Dude, I really think like Toph is so good. Like she's so young, but she's probably like one of the best earthbenders ever. Definitely the, yeah. like, the best earthbender alive. Like imagine mm-hmm. learning firebending from a dragon you know yeah, what i mean exactly. like deriving the art yourself like since childhood that's crazy yeah she's goat she's yeah. goaded i liked that the dragons there's like two still alive and like that firebending comes from dragons i i thought that was like badger moles aren't a thing but dragons are obviously something that we're very familiar with in our yeah general myth- mythical culture yeah and uh it just interwove with the avatar lore really well i thought and i really liked how they stitched together that the fire nation even though they learned fire bending from them, if you trace it up, they built this culture of like hunting dragons for sport 
And then if you killed a dragon, you got the name dragon, which I believe uh, Iroh is called the Dragon of the West, the, the East or something. Dragon of the West. Dragon of the West. I love that small detail. Yeah. It's like they have the title dragon. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, if you remember, yeah. He is called a dragon, so sorry, go ahead. Zuko says, like, Iroh took down the last dragon, they're extinct now. But the Sun Warrior tribe leader says, like, Iroh actually was also accepted by the dragons. Yeah. So, and they also taught him the secret of firebending. So, like, I thought that was really cool. And, like, mm -hmm. Avatar shouldn't, but, like, if I'm Hollywood, I would 100% make a prequel about Iroh. Yeah. That just seems epic. Seeing his transformation as well. Yeah. Because we've seen Zuko's trans transformation and. We all love that character. Yeah. And just to clarify. I just got chills thinking about it. <laughs> the two dragons, they're named Ran and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're red and blue. But to clarify, these are different dragons than the other red and blue dragons we've seen in the past, which are Roku's dragon, Fang. Yeah. And then uh, Sozin's dragon. I can't remember. Which is also like kind of oh. Azula's dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thematically. These ones are different because those ones are no longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we saw Fang die with Roku. That's right. But yeah, these two. Red, and I'm trying to think, what is this meaning? The red and blue? Yeah. Not necessarily that, but the name Ran, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know the movie Ran? No. What that is, this? is a Akira Kurosawa movie. It's an adaptation. It's King Lear. It's an adaptation of okay. that movie. Samurai Japanese version of that. Oh, wow. What a stark um, looking face. I actually haven't seen this movie. Yeah. It's been like top of my watch list. Oh, you told me about this movie. Yeah. Because the the way it's been described, like the best ever review I've heard about it is it's like, because Kurosawa, a lot of his movies are in black and white. This one's in color. Uh -huh. And the way that it's described is, is it's like as if color in movies was being used the first time, even though this was made in 1985. It's huh. like every, the color has so much more meaning in every mm. shot. And it mm. seems so, everything seems so purposeful yeah. in a way that like someone is like, all right, we're, we're not doing black and white. We're going to do color. All right, let's make use of the color. I've only seen out of Kurosawa's movies. I've only seen, I saw some of Seven Samurai. I didn't finish it. Did you also watch with us Rashomon? I did not. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. It was Rashomon that you were, you were telling me about before. That's the one about the, that's like a trope now about like different viewpoints of the same event. Okay. Rashomon effect. Oh, interesting. Okay. Anyways, I'm interested to see, maybe we'll have to watch this movie, but I'm sure there's some thesis about the dragon being named Ran. What about Shaw? I'm not sure what that means, because Shaw, to me, I think fucking the character from Fast and Furious. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> maybe it's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason, is it Jason? <laughs> Jason Statham. Yeah, Statham. <laughs> Which is like, that's also, I'm confused how they landed on those names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And Ran is Japanese, and then the Sun Warriors are like Mesoamerican coded. Well, according to Avatar Wiki and like, you know. Uh, don't look into it too, too okay, hard okay, though, man. Okay, okay fine, yeah, fine, yeah. fine. Oh, what were you going to say? Just tell me what you're going to say. It says like burn and an ignite means, ran means burn in Chinese or ignite. Oh, it and does. And then sha or shao means burn or blaze. I feel like that's a little too simple. I don't know. Okay. Eh, I get it. Maybe it is that simple. All right. All right. Burn and blaze. Two different burn things. Blaze. Two different things. Why don't we talk about our critiques? Yep, yep. Yeah, I got a few. Go ahead. I thought it was a little too convenient and like, yeah. des, not Deus Ex Machina, but like just a little too convenient that the Aztec, or I, I don't know if they're Aztec, but yeah. like the Sun Warrior tribe was just kind of like there when just they got there. stuck. And like, yeah. oh, like a secret 
we thought you were extinct and like you just happened to be fucking alive and well and <laughs> exactly. carrying the traditions that we exactly needed. Even the fact that the ruins are just a hop skip away was a little convenient for me. Yeah. That being said, I did like the depiction of like, I don't know if I, I sorry, I'm ignorant on this. Like, I don't know if it's Aztec or Mayan or Incan or whatever. Like the uh, aesthetics around this civilization was very reminiscent of those ancient uh, civilizations. Mm. And just, I love that the show continues to like, at least from what I can tell, stay authentic and like pay homage to these civilizations. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like there's also like a bit of a nod joke to how like the chief's like assistant wanted to like human sacrifice yeah, <laughs> Zuko I, and Aang to the dragons yeah. a little bit. <laughs> like how often does this happen? You know? Yeah. Are, I, there, I don't are know. there visitors showing up and they just get sacrificed? Yeah. Cause I, one of my critiques was going to be like, why is this tribe like, do they have nothing better to do than like <laughs> hold this amazing, brilliant, like pomp and circumstance event for two randos? Yeah. And like, to, yeah. like, why would they go out? Like, it's too much effort. It's too convenient. And they're giving them too much resources. And then I realized like, oh, it would make sense for them to do that if it was actually like a human sacrifice. And they're just using them for that. That's my one critique. And then my other big critique is like... <sighs> Them just like seeing like glittery fire and then Zuko looking up and being like, being I like, get it. I understand. Like that to me, that like almost like ruins. Yeah. That come on, guys. Like you, you guys. Because but the yeah. moment before when they're in this fire tornado was really cool. Really cool. And then cool. he and then when he says that, it's like that's too that's too simple. Yeah. And like, look, if you do that and then like next episode or like at the end of the episode, you have a really great monologue. Iroh-esque monologue about like what you get and what you saw fine mm -hmm. but if you're just like i get it trust me viewer no yeah like, yeah that's not that's so weak it really seems to me like this should have been a thing where that happens and then zuko was like that's it i don't understand what, yeah, what does this mean and then yeah, yeah, something yeah. else happens that makes him yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah try yeah, to yeah. learn and understand it. oh dude you'd be such, you'd be a great writer man great writer. <laughs> yeah, well this happens to zuko a lot yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, that's it. What's the big deal? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thunder. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Still an iconic shot. I remember Zuko crying into the fucking in the, in the sky. Hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> well, any critiques you have? Yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of it is just about like, what are these people doing here? I understand like, oh, we're keeping the tradition alive. Okay. Why are you see why are you a secret? You have this huge fire going. And no one has been like, oh, there's a fire going on in these ruins mysteriously, right? For a thousand years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's like a hundred years, but yeah, just a lot of it is just like, uh, seems so just, yeah. again, like season one, they go somewhere, to a place with people that are new and yeah. then they're, you see them and then they're gone, right? You had that feeling with this episode. So that's just overall my main critique. Yeah. My other critique, it's a small like QA thing. <laughs> maybe this was critique, bro. <laughs> they're so good maybe this was intentional but the okay the color of ang's eyes is gray right okay. there are certain shots when he's like kind of looking at the sun or like looking there's yeah. light is on his face where his eyes are brown i'm like no huh. ang's eyes are his eyes are gray and huh. there's specifically one shot where there's light on half his face and one one of his eyes is brown and the other is gray come on guys <laughs> Come on, Nickelodeon. Yeah, I know. Just have a little consistency there. That's all I ask. 
Just a little consistency. I love it. That, you're such a stickler for that. I love that. I love that. Totally I'll missed it com- for me. I'll always comment on those things. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I feel like it's really fun <laughs> to pick it out, to be honest. All right. Time for our bogus thesis. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. There's got to be a bogus thesis about what the hell these people are doing. <laughs> what prompted them to do all of this? Because their motivations are so vague. So there has to be a thesis about what those motivations are. Oh, my God. I got something so bogus. Go ahead. This is so bogus, though. I hate myself how bogus it is. Okay. Ang and Zuko died in the... In the... In the, <laughs> in the, in the, the dungeon, goo? The, the, in the goo. And the goo had, like, a hallucinogenic effect in their death. Oh, man. So this episode is a hallucination that they are having before they die. Yeah, and the way we know this is because the ancient tribe makes no sense. They are extinct. <laughs> dragons are extinct. Zuko also had a dream about a red dragon and a blue dragon. It's just subconscious yep. coming out. <laughs> yeah, and that's why like it was dreamlike. He he just oh, I get it now. And then that's when he actually ascends and actually dies. When he's when they see the fire tornado. <laughs> The reason that the showrunners did it this way will reveal itself in the coming episodes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or did they come back? Did the, the dragons, because fire is life, did yeah. they breathe life back into them I think during right the ceremony? That, I, think, I think you're right that like maybe they're not dead, but they're definitely hallucinating because of the, okay. the goo is something like toxic or something. So they're, they're in a between life and death stage and yeah. then the dragons breathe life back into them somehow yeah but then it wouldn't make sense because then how'd they get out of the goo but about the goo yeah this absolutely is a moment where ang can get out through airbending like what do you mean through water earth and airbending oh wait that's true he can airbend his way up he can earth bend through the walls oh wait he can yeah water he can water bend the goo okay it's like, that's why a good critique not, that's a good critique why, why are you not doing any of that Wait, I don't know why I didn't think of I'm mad at myself that I didn't think of that. <laughs> Any earthbender is not someone that can be trapped. Trapped somewhere. underground. Underground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And especially like goo. If you're the avatar, it's hard for you to be trapped by anything. He, yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. he could be trapped by is metal. And they ended up in the metal bars. True. Oh, were the bars metal? He, I didn't. Yeah, notice. they're metal. He, I thought they he were can't, like rock. Yeah. He can't metal bend. Only yeah. Toph can metal bend. Yeah. But still. What is the goo anyway? Like what? Yeah, that is like, <laughs> I didn't question it because it's like, oh, slime, you know? <laughs> nice it's Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, right? Slime. Nice Nickelodeon. <laughs> I don't know. In my head, I was like, okay, that's something I haven't seen before. That, you know, that's, like, that's something that happens like in Usually Indiana, it's yes, like snakes goo. or water or fire or, I don't know, poison gas. I, I, but goo, like sticky goo, I guess I haven't seen that before. And then it gets licked up by some anteater looking things. I, I, I don't know. I like the anteaters. I do. Every time yeah. they have a new hybrid animal, I'm like, yes, more of that. Yes. <laughs> My bogus thesis. Yeah. You look so handsome right now. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm in my think my yeah. thinker pose. Yeah. You look like a cologne <laughs> ad. <laughs> okay. My bogus thesis is that I think there may have been a line to contradict this, but it's that the sun, the sun warriors drove themselves to extinction by ritual sacrifice. Ooh. Because no one knows they're there. They're still doing that, it seems. Yeah. 
this is obviously a stretch. Like that's the whole. I mean, so listeners, <laughs> the point of this is that it's a stretch. Yeah. But it's that they've been hidden for a long time. Yeah. And that the Fire Nation wasn't actually able to find them. They've mm. been hidden, but their numbers have just been dwindling due to their own practices. And the dragons have been eating them up. I'm sorry that was bad. Let's move on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. They're making themselves extinct. And maybe the dragons are extinct because they only, you know, please don't feed the animals. Like they, they forgot yeah. how to hunt for themselves. <laughs> they, yeah, they chose. They, that's the life they chose. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. Our sponsor <laughs> this week is Sun Chips. <laughs> sun Chips. The flavor of the sun. The flavor. Yeah. Harvest Garden. Sun chips, because the sun warriors. Harvest, harvest cheddar, you mean? Harvest cheddar, yeah. Harvest cheddar. And Wait, then what am garden, I thinking? Oh, garden you salsa. You think garden salsa, which is better, by the way, which do you like better? 100% garden salsa. Don't come yeah, at gar- me. Garden salsa is, I think that's like the best tasting chip, period. It's so good. I don't know if it's that far for me, but I, I maybe arguably, I, it's one of my favorite chips for sure. What are your top three chips? <sighs> Bruh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think. Um. I think Garden Salsa might be number one, actually. I've never thought of this. But it's definitely one of the top three. I think it's number one for me. Sometimes I really love a honey barbecue. Mm-hmm. No, I get, I don't know. I, I've I, fallen off barbecue recently. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't really... I used to love chips. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a, definitely a guilty pleasure. The purple Doritos for me. I love yes, the purple the, Doritos. The, they're so flavorful. They're very flavorful. Not the red, not the blue, the purple ones. I really like the purple Doritos. I would say garden salsa. And then I would say, I like sour cream and onion. Like a good salad classic one. I think those are my top three in no no order. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Actually, no, scratch that. Korean flavors. Yeah. Really fucking good Korean chip flavors like bulgogi and like, not the, I'm not talking about the American kettle, Korean grocery store Flavors are really good. And then shout out to the Canadians. Ketchup chips are actually really fucking good. No way. Yeah. It, 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 people, everyone's caught off by this. It's like Lay's ketchup flavored chips. Phenomenal. Oh, and when I was in Spain, uh-huh. I had jamon flavored chips. And those <laughs> were brilliant as well. I hadn't even considered a lot of these flavors. Yeah. I'll be so honest. if you open up the flavors to like international flavors, I got like 50 more ahead it's of true. like sour cream and onion. They, they get so creative around yeah. the world. For me, though, I like to stick to some of the classics. Yeah. Garden salsa might be number one. It is a good one. The Doritos nacho cheese regular. Red? I yeah. think it's yeah, the red. I like it better than the blue. Nikki disagrees. I like, I, I, for me, it's purple, blue, red, probably. Okay. Fair. Fair. For me, it's red. And then just the regular salted standard. Just regular like lay, yellow yeah. Lay's chips? Yes. I love I'm someone who will get on a pedestal and say... My favorite ice cream flavor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Podium? Is that what's the right? You're probably term? thinking soapbox, but I'll take soapbox. Pedest- yeah. <laughs> well, soapbox. Well, isn't a, a soapbox but a pedestal? <laughs> okay. Buddy. Um, I I love doubling down on me not saying idioms correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't take it for granted. Ah, like granite. Because <laughs> your pedestal is granite. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Yikes. Uh, yikes. I'll get up on my granite pedestal and say, 
that my favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. It's so good. Oh God, I hate you. <laughs> Let me explain why. Let me explain why. The the reason that people people are too cool for vanilla. Uh, uh, every but vanilla is the base of every flavor. Is that what no, you say? No, not <laughs> the not at all that. Okay, okay, okay. Not Hit at me. all that. Hit me. It's because vanilla is white. And white people read as well, that's just the color of like the milk and the cream that you put in that, that you make. That yeah. is the base, the milk yeah. and the cream. Vanilla is a flavor that you put into that, but it just yeah. looks the same. It looks white. And so people see that and they say, well, that's plain. Vanilla means plain. I would argue, no, it's not. Like van- vanilla ice cream, it sometimes tastes different than just like the creamy, like Froyo yogurt. Like that's just cream milk flavored, right? Vanilla is its own thing and it's different. And I think people are embarrassed, especially when they go to like a fancy ice cream store, they go to salt and straw, whatever, that every ice cream store like that, go check it out. They never call the vanilla flavor vanilla. It's always something else to make it sound better than just vanilla. There's a sexy buzzword around it, yeah. Yeah, it's like Madagascar bean vanilla or double whipped vanilla or old fashioned vanilla. It's, it, it can't just be vanilla because people read that and they think boring. Yeah. But next time you go to a fancy ice cream place, get the vanilla. Guaranteed it's the best flavor there. It's so good. The flavor is not plain. It's different than that. It's vanilla. It's it's different. Dang. I, 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 <laughs> you know, this is not a hill that I care about, but I'm not a big like sweet tooth guy. And I actually just recently had this conversation about ice cream with my roommate and my girlfriend because they're two mm. big sweet toothers i'll ask them uh, yeah I'll, I'll try vanilla <laughs> i guess and listeners you try vanilla too literally vanilla has become synonymous with saying like bland it has it's like oh uh, it, it, it is vanilla it's vanilla yeah how it's was vanilla your, how was your first date with that guy uh, he he's so vanilla. vanilla right i don't like that i don't like that because vanilla is a flavor yeah and it's not just bland, I think. It frequently is. If you go to McDonald's, you say, I want an ice cream yeah. cone, and they give you vanilla. All right. Well, clearly this episode has been sponsored by vanilla. <laughs> not, not sun chips. Vanilla. Vanilla sun chips. I mean. <laughs> the, I love it. I think it's delicious. Everyone, go to your local ice cream store. Like, not, I'm not talking Baskin Robbins. I'm talking the place that is like not a chain. Like more it can, artisan. It can be a chain, but it's yeah. like artisan ice cream. Get the vanilla flavor. You will not be disappointed. And that's our show. Thank you for listening, everybody. Make sure to like and subscribe. There's no like button. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. And we'll see you next time. We love you very much. Peter, any words of wisdom? Sometimes the classic option that you overlook might actually be the most uh, tried and true and most iconic.